You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning Five here on Wednesday, August seventeenth, twenty twenty-two. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy joined by the People's Champ, Matt Baxendale, back off of his was that a two-month vacation? Back? Oh, two-week vacation. We're happy to have you back, though, my friend. Unfortunately, we have to start with some bad news. I feel terrible for Evan Pryor. Kid worked his ass off. Was going to be the number three running back, but not your typical number three tailback. Of course, was going to have a role on this offense. Um. We'll get into it. I mean, obviously, we feel terrible for him. Um, your thoughts on how this is going to impact the Buckeyes this year? Well, obviously, you're losing a weapon. I mean, there's no question Devin Pryor is a weapon. Um, I think everybody, you know, thinks more about Mayan and they think more about Trevion. But the reality is that Evan Pryor was here and forcing his way into getting some touches. Now, was he going to lead the team in carries? Odds are no. But, you know, with running backs, you want a pair and a spare, right? And where we just lost a very, very, very good spare. You have to hope that he recovers well from this and is able to make a comeback of it next season. Because we've seen running backs in recent history at OSU that have unfortunately not been able to uh, rebound from some of these injuries. And so hopefully Evan Pryor, who, you know, won himself a lot of fans coming into uh, last spring and saying, hey, I'm here to compete. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to the transfer portal. you got to hope that this is an opportunity for him to – bounce back and hopefully next season we get to see a lot more of them in this game yeah it's interesting you know normally the number three tailback would not play much regardless unless you're unless there's injuries I think this year was the exceptions almost like it's not a perfect analogy but it, it would have reminded me like in Braxton uh, Miller's final year in 2015 where they had to find a role for him so they like almost forced the issue I'm not saying they would have done that this year but like I got the feeling they were like listen like Normally, if we have Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams at running back and the best quarterback in the country and the best wide receiving core in the country, we're good. We don't need the number three running back, but damn it, he's played so well and he's earned it. Um, we're going to carve out a role for him. But Bax, what I've been saying is like, if I had to put the over-under for Evan Pryor, as much as I love him on how many touches he would have had in the Notre Dame game, I would have said 4.5 total touches and listen those four or five touches might have been like key to the game but like my point is Evan Pryor was not going to be a guy that was going to be a 10 touches per game guy um and I love him so I don't as long as Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams stay healthy I don't think this is going to have a big impact on the Buckeyes am I wrong there I would also agree it's not a season ending moment for us this is not the you know if you're going to have to have an injury your third string tailback safe one to feel okay about. I mean, you have two really good players in front of him. I like Dallin Hayden. He's another good young guy. There's there's, there's some talent here. 
you know, it's a position Ohio State has some depth at. This is not uh, like losing some other players might be, but it's still a shame anytime it happens. Make sure you speak up as much as possible. The people want to hear the people's champ. Get closer. Hear me? Get closer. I can hear you. Get closer to your mic. The people love you. They want to hear it. They want to hear what you're saying. So, yeah, I hear you. So, all right, let's get into this. So, Dallin Hayden, a guy that we got to interview a couple weeks ago, and I was really impressed with him. I'm like, man, this kid is mature as heck. Um, dad played in the NFL, Aaron Hayden coming in. I'm like, this kid, he'll be the number four running back this year. They'll, they'll play him in four games or less, redshirt him. And he could be a future guy that maybe people, you know, weren't thinking about enough. A four-star running back, had very good stats in high school in the Memphis area against good competition, over 2,000 rushing yards in each of the last three years. Uh, excuse me, each of the last two years. As a junior and senior, had over 2,000 yards. Um, forget about Dallin Hayden redshirting, my man. He is going to be the number three running back now. I don't know how much he's going to play. Hopefully for the Buckeyes, not too much, but they're going to need a number three running back. He's now the third and final scholarship running back on the roster that's healthy. Um, he's a mature young man. He's tough. He's smart. He's fast. I like him, but he's an emergency number three. Actually, we have an emergency. It's called break glass in case of emergency, and you call Chip out there and get Chip train him on the field. Let's not forget this guy did run for a lot of yardage the last few years in the Pac-12. Sure, we want him at linebacker. He looks like he's going to make a much bigger impact there. But if things get hairy, you have him as a, as a reserve option. Don't forget that one either. And Steel Chambers, people are going to say. Although I'm saying, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Steel Chambers and Trip Traynham are in whatever order, like, you know, one of your three best linebackers. Like, two of your three best linebackers. Steel. Chip has already shown he's a much better runner than Steel ever was. And Steel has shown he's a lot more effective on linebacker than Chip has yet. Obviously, he hasn't had the opportunity to switch in positions. But still, there's a reason that Steel Chambers switched. Brandon, on the other hand, he's a guy who could have stayed at Arizona State and kept Paul in the rock and done fine. He came here because he wanted to be a Buckeye. He's probably a better prospect linebacker. If you're a kid on campus right now and you've wanted to carry the rock for the Buckeyes, even if you look like McLovin, this might be your time. This might be your time to go out for the team right now. What do you think? You know, if you are a walk-on at Ohio State and you weigh approximately 220 pounds and run a 4.540, I would get your butt to that walk-on camp real quick. <laughs> Yeah, McLovin, 25 years old, five foot five, 150 pounds. Your name's McLovin? Oh, McLovin. That's one name, McLovin. That's exactly right. There's the, the signature. This right is high there. quality stuff here on Bucknuts. Remember, if these logos below us don't say Bucknuts and you're watching this video, you're on the wrong channel. Oh, 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 man. Let's, let's not get the backup long snapper involved. So, All right. Um, a video that we shouldn't be watching here, Dave. Just as. Bucknuts morning five, that's all. Exactly right. Speaking of walk-ons, though, um, that maybe have not had any of their, uh, you know, practice film released illegally, I'm hearing this guy, um, T.C. Caffey from Hubbard, is a stud. I mean, not a stud, like he's going to come in as a freshman, as a walk-on, and, like, be, like, you know, like a stud right away for the Buckeyes. But as far as, like, listen, I've had many sources tell me, if you could find a walk-on running back that's better than this kid, let me know because this kid had Mac offers, FCS offers, um, one of the most prolific um, seasons in Ohio football history last year at Hubbard, Ohio, almost 3,000 yards, eight yards per carry um, against good competition. Now, Hubbard is Division Three in Ohio, but there's seven divisions in Ohio. It's not like Division Three is like 
there's four divisions and division three is like super small. Like division three is like almost like, you know, pseudo like big in Ohio, at least middle of the pack. You know what I'm saying? My point yeah. is this kid, listen, obviously if a walk on running back is starting for the Buckeyes this year, that's a big problem. My point is as a number four emergency option after the, the three scholarship guys, I like that they have this kid on the roster. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. Again, this is this is what we're talking about, by the way. I'm going to put this into perspective. We're worried about our third and fourth string running back options on this team. What does that tell you about some other bigger picture things that we could be talking about that we aren't? What it means is that things are looking pretty good with the Buckeyes. And having a guy like that available to us is, is another nice sort of ace in the hole if you really need to pull it out. And, and, you know, it's interesting because a lot of these kids today that would have in the past gone to a Bowling Green or a Kent State or whatever, they don't necessarily make that same choice now. Uh, it's kind of mirroring what we saw with coaches years ago, where coaches used to have to go be a head coach at a little school to be at one of these bigger programs. Well, now with NIL, which sort of the equivalent to the coaching salaries accelerating about 10 years ago, a lot of these guys are going to come to Ohio State and walk on, knowing that it's going to relatively break even for them if the NIL situation works out. So if you're a place like Ohio State, you can mine that in the proper fashion. And you could have some of these opportunities to build your roster deeper than maybe you would have been otherwise with an 85 scholarship limit. I love that you brought that up, Max, because I was thinking, I don't know this for sure. Um, I'm guessing that's probably one of the reasons that Caffey picked the Buckeyes, either that he was told up front, like, listen, like, flat out, if you come here, we can help you out. Or if he just knew himself, if I go there and do well, yep, I'll do well because everybody on the team, backups, third stringers, have NIL deals. So I imagine that is a factor, and um, we'll mm-hmm. see. He looks like a little mini Beanie Wells out there wearing the number 28. He's a thick guy, you know. If you watch, I'm telling you, man, I watched his high school film again today on on Huddle. Like, this guy, I'm getting too excited about a true freshman walk-on running back. I know. But it's that time of year, man. I'm a football junkie. That's all right. I'm not going to apologize for me being excited about a walk-on freshman running back. What's up? Buck nut, not buck rational. That's right. As as the great Dan Rubin says, it's buck nuts – not buck rational thinkers. Let's go. It says buck nuts right below us. Buck nuts on Instagram. Buck nuts on Twitter. Right? It says McLovin on Dave's shirt. But again, this is buck nuts. It's not somebody else's YouTube page where they're slapping different logos on it. So, John Wooden once said, "The hallmark of greatness is consistency." We've been a website since 1999. We've had the same staff basically for a long time. The hallmark of greatness is consistency not stealing content from other websites and I'm just saying that out loud are we live i don't even care all right last thing let's get into the defense what else has stood out to you about camps thus far backs well that's the biggest thing like you know we've sat here talking about third string running backs and concerned about depth charts of these positions you know what we're all really concerned about here and what we could literally talk about every single day until the notre dame game and then after that is going to be the defense, 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 defense. Are they fixed? I tell you what right now, when you have the offensive players coming out and going, this is a hell of a lot harder in practice for us this year than it was last year. When you have coaches coming out and go, like Larry Johnson came out yesterday and said, I could play 12 of these guys on the D-line. 12! Okay, I'll take that because last year we didn't have four. So that's a good sign, right? Everything we're hearing is, is that the defense is playing faster, is that they look like they're significantly improved. And I'll tell you right now, if this defense has really made the improvements that the hype is making, and let's not forget, everybody looks great in camp. We're all, we're all undefeated at this point, right? But if the hype is even close 
to the reality of what we see on the field from the defense in terms of improvements this year, even close, then you can start talking about the natty and saying this is what Ohio State's legitimate goal is this year because we all know that they have the ability to it. But if this defense is fixed, it's going to be a hard team to beat with T.J. Stroud under center on offense. So I am very optimistic right now about the state of our defense, even knowing that there's some injuries to our corner position, none of which appear to be long-term, which is – but let's be real here. If this defense is legitimately fixed, you can start rolling the hype train and warp speed through brick walls because this team can win it all if this defense is improved. So, yeah, to me, that's the big story here. More than anything else, more than people stealing YouTube content and being dirtbags, more than people getting injured in the third stringers on the offensive side of the football, it's the defense. Has the defense been fixed? And right now, early indicators say yes, but, you know, it's still a magic eight ball. We haven't seen it on the field yet. So I'm excited. I'm, I, I was cautiously optimistic and nervous about this season. But everything we're hearing both publicly and behind the scenes is a good thing about the defense. I mean, you were at practice, Dave. Do you see it any differently? They seem very intense. Now, they're smart enough to kick us out before they're doing the fun stuff. <laughs> smart enough, I mean, like, nah, they're smart. I, I would do the same thing if I was a coach. But, um, man, it'd be fun to see them play real football. We ain't too far away from seeing them play real football. That Notre Dame game is a two and a half weeks away, and it feels good to say that. Last thing, speaking of the coaching staff, um, is there any part of this coaching staff that you're not sold on? Like, even if it's not, like, like high level, like, maybe you're not sold on, like, Parker Fleming as a special teams coach. I don't know. I love this coaching staff. Um, is there anything about the coaching staff that you still need to see to be sold on? I need to see the defense hold people under 20 points a game. Let's start with that. Well, Jim Knowles is going to kick ass. Go ahead. I expect Jim Knowles to kick ass. I expect all our defensive coaches to kick ass. That's my baseline expectation. I still need to see it, right? I still need to see Justin Fry's guys running people and punching them in the mouth, right? I want some of that dirty, nasty on the O-line that we didn't have last year. I want to see that. I have a lot of faith, but talk is talking. At the end of the day, you have to punch Notre Dame in the mouth. That's what we're waiting for right now, and that's how you win a championship. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State in 2014, how do they raise that natty? They punched people in the mouth. They won in the trench, period, every single game. Sure, they had all these amazing athletes and all this incredible athletic talent. That's absolutely a given. But Ohio State, especially after last season, where we lost the game because we got punched in the mouth, we got a few fake teeth in now. Let's start doing the punching. That's what I need to see. So our coaching staff, I want to see that instilled in these guys. We can talk up these guys all day. They're getting paid a lot of money to put together a hell of a team. So our defensive coaches, all of them, I want to see the results on the field. That's what I'm not sold on yet. Let me see it on defense right? Let me see that offensive line punch people in the mouth. I agree. I love this staff. I think there's a really good staff in place here. This doesn't give me some concerns like maybe in the past couple of years on various positions, but hey, the proof is going to be in the pudding and we still haven't eaten yet. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to circle back to finish the show um, to talk about the running backs. Um, obviously, as we talked about, we're like, feel terrible for Evan Pryor. Great young man, worked his ass off, feel terrible for him. I will say this. I want to get your comment on this. We touched a little bit on this to begin the show, but like, man, we've seen some great running back tandems come through here. Again, they need to stay healthy, but Buckeye fans that are kind of freaking out, I don't think anybody's freaking out. Buckeye fans that are concerned, it sucks to lose Evan Pryor. But man, when Travion Henderson, who was really good as a true freshman, one of the best freshman seasons in Ohio State running back history, you're talking about like Robert Smith, Maurice Claret, J.K. Dobbins, Archie Griffin. His was better than Archie Griffin's actually. Archie was the first-year freshman could even play. 
But I digress. One of the best freshman seasons we've seen from an Ohio State running back, he's going to be better as a sophomore. Mayan Williams, to me, is one of the best backup running backs in the country. Again, sucks to lose Evan Pryor. But backs, talk to the people about the Buckeyes are in a, a great spot with Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams is that one-two punch. I think that might be the best one-two punch at running back in the country. You're probably not wrong. And I remember when Henderson uh, signed with Ohio State, I remember doing a, a big research analysis on what was the two best tailbacks combined to sign to any program in the country in the last 20 years in one class. And he and Evan Pryor were legitimately the highest rated pair in the country outside of the year that Reggie Bush and Lendell White signed with USC. So to give you some perspective on how much talent that is in one class. But Maya Williams is an absolute bowling ball. He's, a, he's, a, he's an absolute wrecking ball. Trevion Henderson is a guy who has super-duper star written all over him. Obviously, he couldn't have had a much better freshman year. This is a hell of a tandem. And honestly, like you may have a guy like Trevion who ends up getting more of the carries, but you got two guys that can really go. And that helps when you have what I would consider two number one running backs on the team. And this isn't like a couple years ago, we're like, hey, guys, you know, we also have Master Teague. Master Teague was a good, solid, tough player, but he was lacking in certain areas, such as vision, right? And, you know, he, he was great if there was a hole and he could hit it and go, right? I think Williams and Henderson both have vision, both have power, both have speed. These are two really good running backs. They're legitimately number one running backs in their own right. So, yeah, everybody should be really excited. Like, we all love to watch the shiny object. Here's C.J. Stroud throws another 50-yard touchdown to JSN or to Marvin Harrison Jr. or to whichever elite receiver we have, right? But we got a really good pair of running backs here. And if they get a little bit of push up front from those big hogs in the trench, we're going to be in great shape this season because these guys can run the football. Great stuff from Matt Baxendale. You can catch his column every Sunday. It is the bucket. Must-read material. Thank you. To Bax, his return on the Bucknuts Morning 5 after a two-year absence. I keep exaggerating. It was two weeks. Southern California is now Big Ten country. It was you important even, to scope out our new territory. Just to let the Canada people know. Destiny. <laughs> I didn't even ask you last week, to be fair to you. Two weeks ago, you were like, I didn't even know. You're you like, I'm still willing to do it. Like, and it, it just didn't work out. You were still going to do it from California. It's so I give you credit for three. that. My friend, it's good to have you back. Um, thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. Uh, really appreciate you guys. We know you have a lot of options. Really appreciate you guys making the Bucknuts Morning 5 part of your morning, Monday through Friday. Thanks again to Bax. Thanks to all of you. Hope everyone has a great day. Yeah.